You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's so good to have you. It's good to be here. It is June 8th, Wednesday, around 11 a.m. in the morning. We're getting this thing going. We released merch last week on Friday. We did? Yeah, it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> Me, Well, I say we did, but if you did, it probably would have gone better. Me and Austin did, and it was a dumpster fire. It was terrible. Well, that's because I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Here we go. But we re-released it on Monday. Okay. We made it. We like redid the website, redid the shop, made it so easy. People are always asking for merch. They have been for quite a while. They have been for so long. So we have merch. Go check it out. Batteritypodcast.com. The silliness is over. The merch is here. By the way, I, I love the shorts. There's, There's yeah, two, two, two different pairs of shorts. We did I, two I, hats. I really love the shorts. I really love the red hats. Kind of new. Yeah. And um, I think the T-shirt's pretty cool. Yeah, the T-shirt's cool. Pullover is great. Pullover is great. It's just simple. It's just yeah. easy. And then you, you got to wear it every day. Then you got kind of an easy entry with stickers and stuff like we that. Have, yes, we have sticker pack. It has like this sticker that's on my computer. It has uh, a cell phone sticker mm-hmm. of the battle ready phone. <laughs> it has a BR and it has a... what? What's the other one? There's another sticker on it. So it's stickers like you get when you voted. A coffee mug you get sticker. The, I voted sticker for those of us who actually voted but several of you here so this did not is, get stickers this for is super this did is, not vote i did not oh, vote yesterday goodness. but my man didn't win so we're gonna vote again in november i guess well at least he landed ahead but all right so we got merch and so we'll go right now where do you go right now to get the merch batteritypodcast.com we did a coffee mug and we also did a sticker of a coffee mug it was very meta. Wait a minute, this coffee mug is for sale <laughs> yeah it's a little bit of a different design but it says battle okay. ready and it has the m logo on the back and it's cool. It's People like a, have been asking for the coffee mugs for a while. For a while. And then there's a sticker that goes on a coffee mug? No. Yeah. We, no. No. It's even better. No. No, bro. No. <laughs> I don't understand. It's, it, we, we were making the stickers, and we thought it'd be funny to do like the... Because remember we did the battery phone with the number that anyone could call and talk about battery and art of communication? Yes. So we did a little sticker that's like a cell phone that says bat phone on it. <laughs> and then we did a sticker of the coffee mug on it, too. Okay. Because why not? if you don't buy the coffee mug, you could just buy the sticker of the coffee mug. We just wanted to give everybody like an entry level. The coffee mug's 25 bucks. The sticker's 10 bucks for like four stickers. They're cool. Awesome. Um, the other stuff's more expensive, but it's all like made here and like printed here. So it is expensive to do. But we did team up with a new company that's going to do all of our merch for us. Oh, so, going forward? Yeah, moving forward. So like we, they ship everything and all the customer service. So if there's any Ooh. issues, they just reach out. So you're no longer... The person. Thank God. Thank God for me. Thank God for you. So, and thank God for Austin. Yeah. Um, because so, when it's you, it's you and Austin. Yeah. So basically, they take like a small cut of, of the profits and- There's not and, much profit in the battle right now. No, no, no. But it's just good to get it out there. We want to get it out there yeah, for people. It's, fine. it's, right. it's yeah. really just a way to get people to uh, get the word out with us. For sure. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, to okay. identify themselves with the battle ready conversation. So check out the merch. Check it out. Check it out. Go get it. That's it. Awesome. Let's start into our, let's jump into our episode, yeah? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I see you have a primary (laughs) election uh, official voter information guide. Okay, so for LA, it was a big election because um, the the office of mayor is up for election. Yes. And I don't know where you live, if you're listening to the ballot ready, but there are certain cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, New York, that really need to rethink their policies yes. 
because their cities are falling apart. Our yes. city is a disaster. Disaster. I mean, I live a couple of blocks away from Garcetti, who's been our mayor for two terms. And I got to say, he's probably done one of the worst jobs I've ever seen. And, uh, By Garcetti. No. By Garcetti. Like Garcetti's yeah. going to, I mean, Garcetti's gone. He's gone. And, and in fact, somebody yesterday, a neighbor came up and said, is Garcetti going to India? I was like, it's not enough for him not to be reelected. Well, they want him to leave the country. There was, there was a rumor that Biden had offered him the ambassadorship to India, India. right? He did, but it's been, his confirmation has been stalled in the Senate. It's been withdrawn, right? I've said it, I've read it's been yeah. stalled, not that it's been withdrawn, but it may withdrawn. have been withdrawn. Yeah, and I think a part of it is they're trying to reinvent his image because his credibility as the mayor of LA has just basically tanked his political career. So he needs a, a restart yeah. and being ambassador to India is very prestigious. It'd be a good way to begin his career again so he could come back as a Democratic candidate later. I don't think you can. I don't think you can come back from that. You can. I think no. I think what you. I don't think there's ever been a president that's been an ambassador. Because oh. when you get become the when you become the ambassador, you actually get um. What is it called? Is it clemency? No, no. You become. You, you get a different status. Yeah, yeah. You get like a what is it called? It's called an an international clemency. But right, you don't have to uh, pay taxes or anything. You don't pay taxes. Or... You also can't get a you can't get arrested. Wow. You have diplomatic immunity. That's what it is. So get get our man to India because. I think he might go to jail if they find out how badly, how poorly he ran Los Angeles. Well, if I was Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, I would try to become an ambassador <laughs> so I wouldn't have to pay taxes anymore. That's very true. You know, it would be a great... Well, Biden's filling over 190 ambassador spots. Is it true that ambassadors get international immunity or diplomatic immunity? I'm trying to find that. I know that ambassadors to the U.S. get diplomatic immunity. It's why Correct. their kids can never get arrested. Yeah. Not I, when they're yeah. in school full time. No. I know there are some basic um, benefits that you get as being an ambassador that right. are pretty extraordinary. But OK, let's go back to this. So we had the election. I think it's interesting. Just it's a midterm. So we had the lowest voter turnout ever here in LA, which is an incredible indication of the voter apathy in I Los Angeles. I didn't go, I went to dinner. Yeah, and some of my really politically minded um, co-workers also didn't go. Who didn't go in there? Come on, raise hands is in the box. I'm not raise, gonna, raise call, gonna call anybody out, but you can always self-identify. Did you vote, Brooke? Excuse me? <laughs> I think we the have connections our... bad. All right, I want to say this. I had a brutal migraine headache. I was actually uh, you were vomiting, super sick, and I got myself up and I went to vote because I love this city. I've been a part of LA for thirty years. I live in the heart of LA. Why don't you run for mayor? I actually had that thought yesterday. Did you? I did. I had that thought that. Um, if things don't get better, I may actually run for mayor or run for governor uh, because our leadership is appalling. It's it's I, I just don't understand the level of thinking that's being elected into office. And I mean, we have rampant homelessness. We have rampant crime. We have out of control violence. Uh, I mean, and we're not even maybe anything in comparison to San Francisco where People are just giving up. They're leaving the hatchbacks of their vans open to let vandals know there's nothing in my car to rob, so just don't break my windows. You were robbed last week. Yeah, I was. In front and of my house. In front of your house. Yeah, I ran inside to grab something, and they bust my door open and took a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and it just, I was very upset. Yeah. I was it, very upset. It's so violating to have someone 
rob you just to begin with and to steal yeah. your stuff. And and right now, the, the political policies that are shaping our cities are, oh, it's okay. Right. I mean, we, we shouldn't prosecute people. We shouldn't hold them accountable. Uh, we need to understand that people are going through a difficult economic um, situation. And uh, frankly, people who are struggling with poverty historically are not always people who choose crime. And uh, in fact, some of the most noble, honorable, law-respecting people are people who are in the working class and struggling to come out of poverty. So poverty is not an excuse and for um, corruption, for for theft. And, and, and one of the ironies is I know a lot of rich kids who are thieves and who steal. Who Do you? I have known them. Yes, I have. Okay. You know, but I wouldn't life. say the working class is the impoverished class. Would you say that? No, they're two different classes. So right, I'm basically okay. saying yeah. they're different, you know. Um, but if you're going to be a politician, we, this y'all are going to be on record. We got <laughs> to talk about it. What I'm saying is being poor doesn't make you a criminal. Exactly. And we're creating an environment where criminalization is becoming common. It's becoming acceptable. Right. And um, when you do not have cultural values that guide people to acting properly, you have to have laws and policies that punish bad behavior. And we're doing neither. We're not focusing on cultural values that create an ethic for not stealing, for working. And at the same time, we are not implementing the proper policies and laws to stop people from bad behavior. And we're going to have to choose one. I think we should choose them both. I think we need to focus on creating values that cause us to respect each other's properties. And at the same time, I think we need to have policies and laws that um, make those kinds of criminal acts punishable by law. It, it, if you go back to even some of the tipping point observations from Malcolm Gladwell about New York, when um, Giuliani, before he went off the deep end, was the mayor of New York, and he connected the dots that graffiti elevated the level of crime and violence in the subways. Right. And when you clean up the city, you begin to diminish the amount of crime. New York went through a transformation. New York went through a cultural revolution. If New York, that was one of the most violent cities in America, could become one of the safest cities in America, and now becoming yeah, violent Giuliani again. Giuliani is known for we, shipping all their homeless to LA. Yeah, because LA, you, you know that, especially because- right? it's, like it's a rumor, it's one of the rumors. Yeah, that like be, the well, way he cleaned up New York is that he, no, no, the way he cleaned up New York, that he sh gave homeless people in New York City a one-way ticket to Los Angeles and they go to the Specifically Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah, and also Santa Monica's policies were- So is that the right way? Out of touch with no, reality. No, is that the right way? No, that's not the right way. So what do you do? Well, I think there's, well, we're not gonna get into this episode, but okay. I want to- So let's talk about the primary election then. I want to talk about some of the people who are running. All right, I'm gonna read some of these because I think they're kind of like- um, Give us the oh, names. No. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right, United States Senate. This is someone who's running for Senate. John Thompson Parker, uh, Peace and Freedom is his um, party. Capitalism enables corporate masters to exacerbate crises of health, poverty, oppression, climate change, and war in allegiance to profit. Ownership of production and finance must be controlled by the people. This Senate campaign is about building that socialist systemic change. Vote for the left unity party. So we now have open 
socialism. That would almost be communism running for state Senate. Here's another one. Eleanor Garcia, no qualified party preference. Elected leader, socialist worker party, longtime industrial worker, um, advocates union struggles for higher wages, affordable housing, childcare necessary for starting families, access to family planning, adoption, safe abortions, uh, protests, Washington's wars, for government relief to cover farm production costs, compensation to black farmers for discriminatory land loss, active in defense of Cuba's socialist revolution. That's what, is who, that, what does that have to do with Los Angeles or California? This is California, but this is the, uh, the opposite. This one's Chuck Smith, Republican. So the other two are insane. They're crazy. I'm like, who's going to vote No, there's for these another people? insane one. Are you getting to that one? Well, this one almost makes it. <laughs> this is the counterpoint. America must be governed according to the Constitution. Okay. For the people and by the people. All right. I am a Marine Vietnam veteran, hmm. retired law enforcement professional and patriot. But then, I am also a Christian, and I believe God wants to use me to help him make America righteous again. If you know Chuck Smith, smack him. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> please, don't, him. please don't bring God into your insanity. No, what's the, what's the one woman? <laughs> no, no, what's it's the like, one woman? Bring, put up the one woman that oh, had the quote of the lifetime. I, I'm looking for her. Okay, wait a minute. Where'd she go? Okay, let, give me a minute just to find her. You can, you can, Brooke, you have any thoughts on these? Honestly, I read through the majority of these and they exhausted me. <laughs> uh, here oh, it here it is. Mariana B. <laughs> Dawson. What party is she? It says no party preference. Thank goodness. F all politicians. <laughs> we'll put in a little bleep. That is. No, it's no, don't put a bleep. You just put an F. I'm reading, F. I'm reading what's in our primary election guide. If you have to be bleep that out, we are in trouble. <laughs> California is a hot dumpster fire mess it of is. a state. That, that was a run on sentence. <laughs> I, we are in such trouble in this state that I'm so, act, I'm actually nervous. I, I don't want to move, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> so what exactly? I think we're done with this thing. Well, no, wait, I, no, no, no I think we're done with this thing. But like, you can't tell me if I'm done. I'm bored of it. What else do you we're want to talk, talk about? about? Running for mayor. You you want to actually run for mayor? No, no, no. We're talking about Bass and Caruso. What's Karen Bass say? I did. I didn't find hers. All right, Is she but not in but, there, Brooke? but she was on the list, the short list for vice president for President Biden. It's a short list. The short list. And Caruso is the self-made billionaire who built the Grove and the Americana here in Los Angeles. Which are huge shopping retail centers. Right here in L.A. And my question then becomes, because they're now in a runoff, mm -hmm. is there's an odd dynamic in the gambler's dilemma. When a person is losing money in Vegas, it's harder for them to quit gambling than if they're winning money. Mm -hmm. because when you've lost money, if you quit, you've lost everything you've already invested. Mm -hmm. So you keep losing more money. This is the basic gambler's dilemma. Okay. Talk this is us. what our political parties have done. When a Democrat does not succeed in making the world better, they don't actually become more of a centrist. They actually become more of a liberal. Mm. And then when being a liberal doesn't make things or moderate make things better, they become a liberal.
And when being a liberal doesn't make things better, they become a progressive. Yeah. And when becoming a progressive doesn't make things better, they become a socialist. And instead of breaking free from the gambler's dilemma going, maybe our ideology and our, apology, uh, our policies need to be adjusted. Maybe we need to rethink our philosophy of economics, of social engagement, of politics. We just keep going further and further and further and further. My question, San Francisco just recalled their, what, their attorney that, general? That's your question? Yes, and now there's a petition circulating to recall ours. Which we must. And because we have to come to the end of this um, gambler's dilemma, where we keep going further and further and further and further in one direction, thinking eventually we're going to go far enough to the end to fix things. We need to actually become thoughtful centrists that solve the problems regardless of political party or agendas. I don't think anyone wants to be in the center. The center sounds weak. We have to create new language for it. Also, is the are we voting for the governorship as well? I guess Gavin Newsom was on the ballot. Was he? Yeah, he made it through. Gavin survives. That's his hashtag. It, I don't see him on here, though. He's like, on there. Is he? Yeah. Can I ask a question? Sure. Yes, you may. Why do you think Rick Caruso switched parties to Democrat before running for mayor? Because you can't win as a Republican. That's right. And that's why people don't show up to vote. Why? Because... Because it's, it's not because it's not authentic anymore. It's not. It's already predestined. It's yeah, like yeah. you know, California is basically a fatalistic state where no matter who you vote for, the probably the most extreme Democrat is going to win. And and if things go badly, a more extreme Democrat will win. And if things go badly, a more extreme Democrat will win. And you know, the fact that Gavin Newsom is still in office and moving forward lets us know that. We don't really have solutions to the problems that we're facing as a state. I Here's my thing is that this is where democracy gets really interesting, right? Yeah. Because if you have someone who's not achieving as a mayor or as a governor or as a senator, I mean, really, like, how do we even hold our senators accountable? I mean, I guess you call in and you, 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 you I guess you, what, what do you do? I guess you complain or you, 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 what is it, Brooke? How would you describe it? Because it doesn't seem like the American way is working anymore. If the, the, our, our, our president is what, 900 years old right now? <laughs> Every time you reference Biden, he gets older. I'm sorry. He's that. It's not to say that he's not a good man or he's, he's 79. Yeah. A seven. A, I'm not going to knock age in a bad way, but he seems like he's past the point in which he can run a 300 plus million person country well. But also, what is like the prerequisites to become a mayor, to become a governor, to become a senator? I think pro-professional politicians, the Great Resignation should only consist of professional politicians. You know who should lead the charge? Who? Uh, Harris, Biden. Trump and mm, Giuliani. They should all just resign. McConnell, Pelosi. McConnell, DeSantis, Pelosi. Uh, DeSantis is new. DeSantis should go. Um, <laughs> Mitch McConnell. Mitch, Mitch McConnell? Mm -hmm. McConnell. Yeah, he should go too. The senators in Texas should probably go too. Um, Cruz should definitely Cruz go. should get on a cruise ship and go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. 79 is not too old to be a president, but it's too old for Biden. Pat Riley, 77, mm. and that guy looks like he's 20 years younger and he can do more push-ups than, than anyone. most athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you were as sharp as Pat Riley, I think you could run the country. Yeah. I think it's clear that President Biden has um, lost something. He's struggling mentally, and it's it actually 
I think is endangering our country. I do think um, like, is this bad? But should should presidents do full physicals that are like open to the country? Should presidents have like psych evaluations? Should presidents have, you know, like have, I don't, I don't really care about so much about their past and their history. Like, like, cause I think everyone can grow. And I think, I don't think we should demoralize people for making mistakes, but I do think we should look like pretty consistently at like, are they fit to be essentially the CEO of the United States of America? They do undergo a physical examination. How did Biden pass? How did Trump pass? I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started on on him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we probably do need to address those questions as a nation. But I just brought this up because we're not going to fix America's problems if we don't have better candidates running for office. We're not going to have better candidates running for office if the Republican and Democratic Party control the entire political system because the system is corrupt. We're not going to fix the problem if the Republicans keep going to the right with um, a more fundamentalist, um, at least nodding toward the white supremacist side of American culture and the left going toward this progressive socialist um, agenda that uh, democracy, capitalism, wealth are evil. Uh, we're just going to get worse. And we need to realize that we need, I'm begging smarter, healthier, more intuitive, intelligent people to run for office. We will support you. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. We just need better people running for office. Yeah. So, okay. Now let's move on past politics. That's my whole political moment. So you might run for mayor? When would when would he be? When's the next election for mayor? <laughs> Let's find out what the term is. How long you got to wait? Four or five years. <laughs> four years. I think it would be easier to run California than it would be to run L.A. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? It would be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think being governor would be easier. Uh, I think being mayor of like San Francisco or New York. Yeah, that's that's a really tough, complex job. Yeah. Because you're on the ground and you have to deal with real issues. Like Gavin Newsom can now run again on pro-choice when really being governor of California has no role in that whatsoever. Right. But he can make that a political agenda. So you can choose a political agenda that has nothing to do with what you're doing in office. Hmm. In L.A., you better deal with crime. You better deal with homelessness. You better deal um, with uh, the the issues of poverty and yeah. crime in the city or uh, you clearly will be incompetent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I just had to get that off my chest. No, I'm, I'm glad sorry. you did. I, you know. No, you're not sorry. I'm glad you did. I think the, I, the irony of the woman who said F all politicians is really interesting. But she's running, so she's choosing to become one. <laughs> you know and uh, uh, i wish we could have just like a reset like hey a great we, one can we have democracy 2.0 democracy plus <laughs> you know it's 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 i think it's one thing to show that like it, i find it fascinating when you have these like young tech guys who run these scalable companies at a high level and can cast massive vision to and create massive momentum and create massive um, companies that hire hundreds of thousands of people. It was like Elon Musk has Elon Musk has a hundred thousand people working for him, or just yeah. under that, right? Yeah. Like when he says he, when he talks yeah. about cutting ten percent of the workforce, I'm like, you're still going from a hundred thousand to ninety thousand, and probably within that, you're going to start new companies that hire more people. Yeah. But when like 
presidents say, I'm going to create new jobs. I'm like, you're really not creating new jobs. No. You're creating tax incentives for other people to create new jobs. Yeah. Right. Government does not create jobs. Very seldomly. Yeah. Reagan did, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, what, what I cannot figure out is why someone would be against it, say, um, someone who's created billions of dollars and they've become a billionaire, but they're for a government that takes 50% of our income for doing nothing and <laughs> creating nothing. And so I'm like, if you don't, because that billionaire didn't take anything from me. He created the iPhone. He actually created something for me. Right. But the government taking 50% of my income, um, that's actually something that's being taken from me. Right. And and so I, I always think it's curious that we're so for big government, but we're against people who create massive wealth for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, and increase our quality of life. The cell phone has changed our quality of life. The computer has changed our quality of life. The light bulb has changed our quality of life. You really went to the archives with that one. I, I'm going deep. This is the stuff that inventive people do. They create things that do create them wealth, but also change our quality of life. We fight so heavily over what's going on in the present that we stop creating the future. Yes. And then we leave the future to be created to these guys or created by Elon Musk's and Zuckerberg's and Bezos and guys who I don't know if they're thinking about creating it. Now I think they're trying to like pioneer the future. They're trying to go into Mars and they're trying to go. Maybe that's what Elon's trying to do. Maybe he wants to be the first ambassador to Mars. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah. International diplomatic community. I, I just think the government stopped being progressive and innovative and now we're just in a place where we're watching democracy kind of deteriorate mm -hmm. I, I still value our country still value what we do but when we went to barcelona last week i came back kind of depressed <laughs> like we were in a major city in the world and it was so clean it was so nice people were so friendly and i come back to la and i'm like i don't like it here sometimes you know i love our city i i, I love the people i know but i don't know if i love our city i'm like it's dirty it's dangerous it's there's homelessness everywhere. I got robbed of my block. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're yeah. doing here. What are we doing here? Yeah, culture, I'll say this. Governments are not run by geniuses. Governments need to protect the geniuses inside of a society. Right. You need to enhance the opportunity for human creativity and genius to be elevated. That's what's going to create a better world, a better future. It's not going to come from a government. It's going to come from the citizens in the nation. Did you see Matthew McConaughey's speech at the White House? He I did. It to you this morning. I did, yeah. What'd you think of it? I actually thought it was really good. I wish he was the president. You know he's going to run for office, I think. You think so? I think, yeah, he'll I, run for the, I think he'll run for the governorship of Texas. What was he referencing in his speech? He was talking about Evaldi, Texas. I think he's from Evaldi, right? Yeah, he is from Evaldi. He's talking about right. gun control. He he's talked talking about, about the reasonable last, changes. Yeah, he, he talked about the last week and a half, him and his wife were on the ground spending time with the families. So he was kind of relaying that back into D.C., I guess, talking about how he's meeting with both sides. I think he did both news channels mm -hmm. as well, doing interviews. I mean, it felt like he was a much more reasonable or reasoning uh, voice in 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 the in the conversation. Everything's because I think he's like not necessarily I'm sure he's politically affiliated. But I mean, you're there speaking for Biden, essentially. Well, he's really not. I think that he actually is a gun owner. Interesting. And I, think, I don't know. Do you know, that? I don't know. I, I you can check that, bro. It's a big statement. I don't know why sometimes. Yeah. So I'm saying as a gun owner, he's actually talking about reasonable regulations. 
we all know that even the small changes to how you can access a gun will not solve the violence we have in our nation. No. And but if we can make intelligent changes, why not make them? I, can I ask a question? We yeah. talked about this a little bit last week yeah. because you know we had such little information when we did the podcast on Evaldi. Sure. How did that kid get? How did Salvador Ramos get access to that much money to be able to buy those guns? Have I don't they know. Talked about that yet, Brooke? Now that's a question I would love to like, have answered. How does it? How does an eighteen-year-old with no like? I don't. Does, did he have a job? I don't really think he had much work history. He's just in high school, right? Like, how do how do you get access to two AR-15s and a handgun and a, and so much ammunition? Does anyone have any backstory to that at all? We know he bought them at a local store. I honest, I don't even know what kind of how much guns like that costs, but he bought over three hundred rounds of ammunition, which can't be cheap. It can't be cheap. It was several thousand dollars. Several yeah, I, thousand. I heard somewhere like it was up to nine thousand dollars worth of firearms and that he had, and so may, again. You know, I, 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 I may not be right on that, but it was. No, I think I told you that because I think I several sold, thousand. Yeah. Here's the problem. If everyone uses this horrific moment just to advance their political positions, no one's going to dive in and figure out what really happened. And how to solve this issue, because one of the things people aren't talking about is we need to secure our schools better. Another thing we're not talking about is that we've had this massive movement for two years on defund the police. And what we have in Uvalde is untrained, incompetent law enforcement. What we do not need is to spend less money on the people who protect our children. Yeah, We need to spend more money on them, mm -hmm. have them better trained, more qualified. We need to create a higher filter. And this is why sometimes extreme responses are nothing but stupidity. The, 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 the response of defund the police and cities are basically saying we're going to completely defund the police. That's a level of ignorance that should not be allowed to run a government. What we uh, look, we need to go through and filter out every police officer who's a racist. We need to filter out everyone who's in law enforcement who doesn't have the mental, psychological health to be carrying a weapon and a badge. But we need to spend more money on the police. We need to spend more focus on the men and women who are going to protect our citizens and our children. That situation in Uvalde shows us what happens when you have the wrong people wearing the badge. What's upsetting is that the police department had actually just completed active shooter training, which you would assume would prepare them for situations like this. Yeah, you can train the wrong people every day, all day, and still not get the right response. Would you say it's more, it's bad training or bad hiring? I think it's bad hiring. Yeah. It may be bad training, but it's clearly bad hiring. Yeah. And I mean, what does a police officer in Uvalde, Texas make? Probably little to nothing, right? Yeah. So it's like when you have such low paying jobs where you're risking your life, like, are you going to risk? I, I read, I was listening to, I think it was, maybe it was CNN or I was listening to some maybe it was NPR. They're talking about like a a a minute, like a, essentially like a police officer in a small town makes it the same amount as someone who works at like a Seven Eleven. It's like why mm. would you, why would you go and risk your life for a low paying job? Like why? You know, like I understand that I understand that there's a heart to it and there's a there's a maybe a calling to it, but I'm like I'm not risking my life for that little of money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In that moment when there's kids in danger, I think it's a different thing. But a guy who doesn't have the heart for it. 
mm-hmm. isn't going to go in and try to rescue people and try to save people, right? They're not going to put their life on the line. Yeah. And like you have to have guys who are willing to go into harm's way to save people. Yeah. There's a guy who runs out of the room and a guy who runs into the room. Yeah. And, and the problem is you can't tell the difference when there's only peace in the room. Yeah. And I, I just think there's a lot of comprehensive issues that have to be addressed and dealt with that Washington doesn't really seem to care about that. They, they look at situations and go, how does this advance my political position? And, yeah. um, and, and, and it's very frustrating to me. I anyway. feel, I mean, I feel, I mean, looking back, I think the left has the best marketing, right? It's like defund the police sounds so nice. Black Lives Matter sounds so nice. You know, uh, we have these marketing campaigns that end up taking over the effectiveness of the change, mm-hmm. right? We know BLM as an organization is not good. The statement sounds nice, but the moment that there was a statement and then an organization built around a statement, it becomes so shady. Mm-hmm. When you have this thing of defund the police, it's like, yeah, it's a great idea. It's it, not even a it, good idea. No, it's not even a good idea. No. It's an awful idea. No, it's it's fire racist cops, fire, fire fat cops, fire cops who are, who are corrupt. Get rid of the unions. Create an actual like uh, uh, a modernized uh, system of governance within and accountability within the police uh, enforcement. I mean, we were talking about it this week. I was I was following this like real estate guy who was like a blog and a YouTube and a TikTok who basically shows data about New York real estate and how he lives in a building that has five empty apartments and how he like did a like a, a data search on the West Village in New York and how there's 4,000 apartments that were empty because of an old law that basically said that if you leave apartments empty, if you if you fill apartments up in what is it rent controlled buildings, then you can only you can't actually increase the price. There was like a law that ended up blocking that. Mm. So it's better for them to leave it empty until the whole building's empty, so they can renovate the whole building and then relist it at market value. So it's like they're just like playing the long game. Like we'll just play like decades versus actually upgrading these disgusting apartments. Like anyone who's lived in a little apartment in New York is like that's not that's not <laughs> like there's no happiness there. Yeah. That's that's it's like almost inhumane how expensive these tiny little apartments are in New York and they're not renovated they're not updated mm-hmm. they're pre they're pre civil war like it's pretty <laughs> insane right you have like these yeah. five story walk ups like this is is crazy but then you have this supply and demand chokehold on on the city and these like these these neighborhoods and essentially skyrocketing rent like this stuff is inundated this stuff needs re- reform like needs to be reformed this stuff needs to be like recreated these laws need to be changed these policies need to be adjusted but it seems like there's so much pol- political interference and corruption that there's nothing ever ends up happening how do you bring real change yeah you know one of the ways you can bring real change, and it's going to sound so superficial, uh, one, real change doesn't happen in an instant. And there is no law that can bring instant change to a cultural value. For instance, you know, you, you have the freedom of the slaves, but the racism in the South and even in the North, it continued. The law didn't change the value. Hmm. And one of the things that, uh, there's subtle things like being rude. I know this is crazy. We, when you accept a culture of, of rudeness, of um, lack of civility, when we, when we just choose not to be kind, yeah. we actually yeah. 
um, create the soil for violence in the future. Huh. Like moving people toward kindness. Like if you want to start making the world better in the long term, start being kind to people, kind to strangers, kind to people serving you in restaurants, kind to the person at the store, kind to the person who got in line in front of you, you know, at the department store. I actually think that if we could actually begin to advance and advocate a culture of kindness, we're going to begin to preempt something five years from now, 10 years from now, that will have happened will have, have happened in a culture of rudeness and unkindness and lack of civility. We don't understand the connection by, with simple human virtues in how it affects the society long-term. Yeah, It's just like connection. When people are connected to each other, when there's community, I mean, you, you, can, you can not believe in God and not believe in church, but let me tell you, if you don't find an alternative to human community, that church has created for hundreds of years, we're going to have more violence. Because one of the things that, that, that Christianity has done in American society is create a deep texture of community. Mm. When people see each other every week, when they sing together, when they do life together, when they share common values and virtues, it actually permeates the environment. Mm. You don't hurt people you care about. Mm. And the more isolated our society becomes, the more disconnected our society becomes, the more violent our society is going to become. And so if, if you think, oh, we got to get rid of, like there are people who are out there going, we got to just destroy Christianity, destroy churches out there. You better have a better solution for creating human community. Yeah, that will never happen. Yeah. Church will never be destroyed. No, but it's like people... They want to get rid of something without realizing the intrinsic value it has in a society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I was, I was, yeah, where do you want to go with this? We're at 40 minutes. I just, I care more about people because of my faith. Yeah. I care more about community because of my relationship to Jesus. It's not the other way around. Hmm. And one of the things you find so many times, like when I talk to so many people who are, let's say, atheistic or agnostic, and they haven't found a social replacement for community. Mm -hmm. And so then you have a growing isolation in society, a mm -hmm. growing disconnection, a growing sense of, of despondency, despair, depression, and not only suicidal tendencies, but violent tendencies. And, uh, and so I actually think um, if I could advocate for anything in this particular episode mm -hmm. is let's start being kinder to each other. Hmm. Let's, let's start paying attention to the way we treat people every single day. Let's start being more compassionate. Let's start trying um, to spread generosity to others. Hmm. You know, I, I was um, reading this quote around Marcus Aurelius today, and he's saying, if you could find any virtues higher than, let's say, I think he was saying courage, wisdom, temperance, and justice, that it must be a great virtue. And I like those for virtues, justice, um, temperance, courage. courage, and wisdom. Patience. But there is, a, to wisdom. me, a higher virtue. It's yeah. generosity. Huh. It's interesting that, that Marcus Aurelius didn't highlight that as a principal virtue. I think that you have wisdom, courage, and generosity as the highest virtues. 
Because once you choose to live a life where you're giving away more than you're taking, when you see it as an essential virtue to make a contribution rather than just a withdrawal in the lives of other people in the world that you live, you begin to change the entire social construct. I think generosity changes the world. I think um, kindness changes a culture. And, uh, and um, a law cannot change the human heart but the human heart can make a law unnecessary. I think we should end there. Okay, thank you guys for listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. Uh, if you, you know, do all the things, rate and review this podcast, subscribe on YouTube, uh, check out the merch at battlereadypodcast.com, follow us on Instagram, check us out on TikTok. We are so grateful. We have a new episode every Friday. Uh, we're so grateful for you guys each and every week for tuning in, checking us out. Thank you, Dad, for your amazing thoughts. Uh, we love you guys. Talk to you soon.